a Shishkin Productions podcast. You have your radio recording devices on? Get them on. Come on! It is in the net! It happens all over the world. People come together, kicking a soccer ball around, and it's a great uniter. Find me. I don't care anymore. Drain my bank account. I don't give a shit anymore. Okay? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Calling All Casuals. Um, we're here, Alexi here, on my quest still to become the second uh, most important Alexi in soccer my media. My favorite Alexi. Oh, thank you. Um, and I'm Amy, yeah. the uh, the in-house resident casual. Yeah, producer Eric is out today. Producer Eric decided not to drive the uh, two hours to work. <laughs> I don't know why he does it. He, he lives in Connecticut, but he, uh, he chooses to try to drive to New York whenever he wants I to. I appreciate the effort. I, I However, like the effort. I like he the effort. still did produce. Oh, he did produce. He produced so. from home, and he produced the shit out of this one. He did. So he if did. the show sucks, blame it on him. Um, uh, last week, we said we were excited for a couple things. I was excited for the end of the Bundesliga, and wow, did that come to an incredible end. Mm-hmm. It was nuts. Heartbreaking stuff. Dortmund lost. I think Marco Royce is the guy who now just is... He, he just loses everything. It sucks. He just finishes second place all the time. Yeah. So, huge bummer. Um, personally, uh, I, I, I don't mind Bayern Munich. I think they're cool. So, I'm, you know, I, I was just excited for the for the end. It was a great, great end. The whole finale. Yeah. It went well. Uh, for you, you were excited about Nashville and Columbus. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch the match. I had a friend in town, so didn't make it. Yeah. However, I did have nashville winning and they you, won you so nailed your pick that was cool that was one of the two you got right yeah thanks okay all right <laughs> um as always we did not uh decide to cover any of the midweek games so anything you hear is mostly going to be about last week but this before we true. get into it social plugs real quick oh yeah you can find us on twitter we are at calling casuals yep send us an email yes calling all casuals at gmail.com our inbox has like a little bit of room left yeah, so hurry sliver. get them in get them in we refuse to talk about the emails you send in on the show until the inbox is full yeah we gotta fill then that we'll thing start up. getting into it. uh we are calling all casuals at gmail.com and you can find us on TikTok That's right. at Calling All Casuals. Once we hit 4K followers, I forgot to check our follower count before we started, but we're getting close. Yeah. We are going to provide you with some much anticipated content. Yeah, we're just 200 people away. So that's it. it should be, and we can take, we'll accept bots as well. They don't have to be people. <laughs> bots are fine. I don't mind. Have your bots follow us. Um, okay, last week's picks. I alluded to it a little bit earlier. You got a whopping two, correct? I got six, correct. Um, And here's the thing. You know, we always do these where you have to nail the score. Right. And I'm starting to learn that producer Eric, if we don't nail the score, it doesn't even count. Well, that, that, them yeah. is the rules. Them is the rules. Them, them is the rules. So I actually technically would have got seven, but I got right. six because I missed one of the scores. And yeah, I think you were, what was it? Three, three? Or was that I a said, one one? I forget. I think that one was the one one. Atlanta <laughs> okay. have been involved in a lot of weird games lately. Yeah. But I think that one was a one one. Um uh producer Eric got four right, so he was split the difference. I will say we yes. all did not so great this week. I mean, even six Six is good. Six out of fifteen is still it's not 15. less than half. It's not fifteen. It's fourteen. Or my bad. It's still, it's still less, less than, than half. half. But still but, yes, six you is did good. you did technically seven, but you you did okay, but none of us did amazing. Yeah, that's true. But regardless, we only had 
two matches where nobody or three matches where nobody got anything right so yeah. as a collective we did pretty well but, yeah uh, shout out to us we got bamboozled by the revolution I'm about to, it's probably going to happen again this week. And I think Minnesota. We always, we always pick uh, New England all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, all right. So that was last week's picks. Let's get into it. The news and the tea and all of that type of stuff. Um, my first thing I just wanted to say about the news real quick. CONCACAF Champions League was going on. CONCACAF yep. Champions League, uh, by the time, yeah, the next time we record, it will be over. Yes. I am absolutely pumped for the f- second leg. Uh, LAFC versus Leon. The second leg is going to be in LA. The supporters are going to be out where they call themselves the 30, 3258 or the 3852 or some stupid shit like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. The, yeah, I don't have no fucking idea. But they're the supporter section and they uh, they bring it every fucking time. And uh, against Leon, you know, they had a couple traveling supporters. That was cool. But uh, Leon went up 2 0. And then Denny Bawanga for LAFC scored in the very last minute. He was f- so excited. The fans were all throwing beer at him. The the the, the home fans yeah. were all throwing beer at him, and he was just like, "He didn't care." Let's go, motherfucker! It was pretty. The thirty-two fifty-two. Thirty-two fifty-two. That's what it is. Thirty-two fifty-two. Is that a seventeen thirty reference? I like it. Um, so that was my little thing I wanted to talk about. Um, Hockey F Champions League is just a fucking amazing tournament it's so fun when Liga MX and MLS play it's like literally my favorite thing in the world yeah um there's a, a friend on TikTok who we have I think uh their their thing is MLS sideline reports I don't know what the fuck their at is but um they're posting a, some they always post content and um they posted one of uh, an LAFC player basically saying like the Mexican teams don't really play with tactics they mostly play with emotion and energy I and love that. uh hot take but it's true they do play with a lot of emotion emotion's um, good that's why i love those matchups is because yeah uh league mx always bring the fucking emotion. Wait, you were saying that you you prefer when the all-star yeah matches I, are uh, you know against yeah. league mx or like i a prefer when it's a league mx and mls yeah. matchup yeah. because it's just like it's just better for everyone you know right like arsenal don't need to fucking come over here and play but whatever um you got anything on this news? I know you put a lot of these things. Let's see. Uh, well, you know, producer Eric, oh, producer Eric put on a few. Um, I you actually brought this up, but I did add it um, about the uh, U.S. men's team, men's national team. Oh, yeah, we talk a lot about this. I feel like week to week, but a little bit of a just a funny news that now they have an interim interim coach because yeah. their interim coach got another job, so they still don't really have like a you know a permanent leader um yeah they i think they're they were saying that their goal is to have one after they want to finish out nations league and finish up gold cup and then like let that person start fresh it's kind of what they said um i guess the guy who stepped up was you know he's already been involved with the team he was the um assistant coach so i just think it's funny that uh anthony hudson left like I just think it's funny, you know, that the interim left. Now we have an interim interim, but yeah, that that was that was kind of the the funny thing. I is. don't even know what Anthony Hudson's next move is because I think it was like I think it was very vague. It was like he's departing for another job, and I don't think it's been announced what it is. Yeah. So a lot of uh, well, lot it of must be. I, I mean, you can't really blame him, right? Like this wasn't a permanent position, and he knew that. So better opportunities arose, and he yeah. he took it. You know. Yeah. Um. Other coaches who are. Moving around, Phil Neville gone. Breaking news, just in. Yeah, he. Uh, I guess David Beckham texted him and said, "Cheerio, mate." 
yeah, you're right out of the club, yeah? <laughs> and then he was gone. Um, Phil Neville gone. Uh, I think Jason Christ was like an assistant there too. I think he's gone Yeah, as well. I think I read that the assistant's gone too. Did they it. gone. Someone was uh, in the Twitter comments was like, should we get Tata Martino and Joseph Martinez reunion? Mm. Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah. Um, I don't know who's going to take over, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always thought that the Phil Neville hire was a really like, uh, like nepotistic type hire. Like where it's like, hey, this is my boy. We used to play together. Why yeah. well, He should come and manage. So I don't know. We'll see where he lands. I, I think that, you know, his tenure with Miami wasn't very successful but i do think he probably he, he learned a lot of lessons and there was moments where their trajectory was going up and up so hmm. maybe he'll land somewhere cool Hopefully. maybe we can get him on uh, on the show now he's got plenty of free time <laughs> <laughs> we should hit him up i'll text him shoot our shot cheerio pop it you'll <laughs> be like he'll be like shut the fuck up dude. yeah i don't know if he'd go for that um you got what else uh, you got the, the soccer tournament day one tst bruh. happened today we we watched a bit of it uh, we we watched uh, Jimmy Conrad's team. We did. They uh, won. Jimmy Conrad and the, Clint Dempsey. The, the um, what was the you, the 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 tie solution that they oh, had? Oh yeah, was that a was a bit uh, weird. It was very interesting. So when you get, I guess after regulation time, don't quote me on this, but like after regulation time is up, they just play golden goal. I think like next goal right. wins, but every five minutes, I think you have to remove a player from the field, and by the end of it. This is like a seven-a-side field, so it's not like super small. By the end of it, they're playing three aside with uh, with the goalie, obviously, so it's actually four aside. But three field players, one goalie, on this giant field, and it was just so bizarre. It did seem I was a just like, I was end. just like, man, this is like the they're just killing a game. Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense. I feel like what you should do is, if you really want to get a get it resolved quickly just move the goals in every five minutes or something like that you know mm, that could That's be interesting score yeah but, but it was fun it was kind of cool to like you know watch it live and in yeah. action so we'll see how that develops yeah I'm, I'm pretty stoked on it i think by the by the next show it'll be over right because i think it's only a three-day event or i believe I so yeah, yeah so it'll be done by this weekend we'll see what happens um let's get cool. your prediction real quick who do you think is gonna win the whole tournament after this day one after you got to kind of Oh, I mean, I only watched play. like literally one match, so I have no yeah. idea. I don't even know like who's. Yeah, well, I'll I give you. I'll give you a teams. second to pull it up, and you can kind of pick a team. And okay. For me, I'm gonna go. I think for me, I'm gonna say it's gonna be. Uh, I know this is crazy, but Blade and Grass FC. <laughs> I think it's going to be Blade and Grass FC. I don't know who Oh my that gosh, is. that's funny. When I pulled it up, that was like the name that just stuck out. Um, well, that's who I picked. You know, there so were... No, no, them. I wasn't going to. I'm going to go with uh, Hashtag United. Okay. I don't really know who's involved with that team, but I did see yeah. them come up on the scoreboard and I just, I thought that that's a great ha- So name. Hashtag United, I think, are a bunch of like YouTubers. I think they're like a YouTube influencer team. I feel Damn. like Chris, I feel like a friend of the show, Chris Mackey, has, has some yeah. connection to them. He's played with them. That's funny. I picked a good team. Breck Shea is on here, Danny Drinkwater, Jeff Cameron, uh, and uh, I think Steve, yeah, Steven Ireland as well. So this is Steven Ireland. Remember who's talking about fake grandma dead? He yeah. Said, My grandma's oh, dead. Oh, yeah. He's always on this team. So That's hilarious. Let's go Blade well, and Grass Well, listen, FC. Hashtag United does have a lot of young kids. So today yeah. we were watching a bunch of like 50-year-olds. Yeah. Yep. So you know, we maybe were, maybe they'll have that to their advantage. We were watching Jimmy Conrad go it, hammer. It was though. great. It was great. But, you know, clearly, and they 
they still looked in shape. I got to give it to them. Yeah. I wouldn't be running around. Hell no. I, I am sad about the U.S. women's team. Like, I, you know, we were kind of talking about that, how it's like a lose-lose situation. Yeah. It's, um, and they did lose badly on the the first day. Yeah, it's it, it's it's really tough. The way the reason it's a lose lose is because it's like you you win and people are like, oh well, that's yeah, of course you won. You're representing the U.S. Women's right. National Team. You're the best of the best. And if you lose, people are like, can't believe that you lost. You know, what I mean? so there's yeah. no yeah, it's not it's a lose lose. Um, other things that have happened: MLS ref salaries released. I don't know exactly what this is. But apparently yeah, I mean, the is... ref's collective bargaining agreement has leaked. Yeah. It leaked. It leaked. It's it's very, it's a pretty lengthy article. I kind of, I did read it, but didn't like retain all of it. Yeah. But as they're saying, we want to know about the money. So they, they gave us the details um, for the 2023 season. And not as bad as I thought, you know, a lot of these refs are actually, it's not great, but like if you think that some of these refs are making more than some of the players you know yeah it's pretty crazy i guess i guess but yeah i don't know it's yeah it's not it's not great though. it's not great like but it's not i was really thinking based on the when we did like you know the ref deep dive yeah i was thinking they were making way less so i'm happy that they do have a little more protections than I realized. Um, they also, you know, have some perks um, and potential for like additional bonuses, if you will, like depending yeah. on what match they ref, what yeah. matches they ref. Yeah. Well, uh, looking at this, th- there is a table in here that talks about the match fees um, for 2023. So if you are the center referee in a regular season match, you make uh, $1,300. So according to this, um, if you are the assistant referee, you also make $1,300. The fourth official gets 500 bucks. The VAR um, official gets $984 and the assistant VAR gets 450 bucks. So it's definitely better than we thought when we talked about it last yeah. week or the other week. Um, but it looks like refing the all-star game is surprisingly like a massive pay jump you get four about four thousand dollars to ref the all-star game you get about four thousand dollars to ref uh any playoff game uh but then if it's the semi-final that's up to five and a half thousand and if it's the mls cup if it's the final uh it's almost seven thousand dollars so not bad they're actually kind of throwing a little bit of money around that's decent i mean if you look at it based on a a salary basis um most of these refs are probably making base salary anywhere between like 102 and 108 yeah um and then on t- i mean and these are the refs the ass- i think the assistant referees and the var refs mm-hmm. i don't think they get paid that much i think they kind of get the short end of the stick here's some cool stuff that they get as well they have uh compensation related to non-officiating slash optional training so that's uh 280 bucks they get a gym membership that's worth about 80 bucks a month mobile phone paid for it's about a hundred and ten dollars a month with a 250 every two years for upgrades they get a per diem of like ninety dollars uh likeness fee which is cool um but that's fifty six thousand paid collectively and then divided among the right. refs and then uh, an excess match fee that's if an official is required to officiate more than two of certain kinds of matches 
before their first regular season match. So maybe that would be like if you have to ref preseason or something like that, uh, you get extra extra money for that. So, you know, I guess they actually uh, they're doing all right. They're not doing too bad. They're not doing too bad. Um, and they, you know, they're they're in a union, so they're protected, which I yeah. think is kind of the most important part. Yeah. Um, in other ter- in other news related to kind of like you know value and how much uh, people are making or getting paid or how things are going, we uh, incorrectly speculated. I'm not even going to implicate you in this. I incorrectly too, speculated yeah. that Apple and MLS's thing wasn't going so well because the way that they were saying stuff, they're giving more shit away for free, and I was like, oh shit, they're probably trying to drum up, you know, uh, interest. Turns out. According to Apple's senior vice president of services, Eddie Q, to quote, he says, we're off to a great start with subscriptions and viewership. We're certainly doing much better than we had forecasted. So congrats, Soccer Don. Yeah. Holy smokes. I was very happy to see this this come across the news. You know, it's... Mm -hmm. I was kind of over here thinking the worst, um, but, you know, Apple is notoriously mum on on everything. So... I don't know. Maybe maybe enough people were talking that they're like, fine, we'll we'll release a statement. You know, they they didn't stick around to answer any questions. Yeah. But I'm glad to know that things are moving in the right direction. And again, this is you know, this is only the first year. So, yeah, um, first year of 10. And uh, he to to end kind of on what Q said about it, because like you said, they didn't release any numbers and they they still won't. But he says, we think it's a great time to go after a new set of fans. We continue to work closely with the players, the teams to get more visibility and social content out there. And uh, we just want to do more things together. And he said, our number one goal when we started this was to make sure that in year one, we've got all the MLS fans that were out there to feel like and see that we really care deeply about the game they love and the teams they love. So year one, collect all the the actual fans together and right. let them recognize that you care about creating a great home for their their product more right. the, for the product that they enjoy consuming. Maybe year two, it's going to start to be more reaching out and trying to pull more people in pull the casuals in pull the casuals in and they're gonna follow our lead we started doing it first apple (laughs) hey mr q why don't you um, call me if you need some fucking advice on a on a last (laughs) note about that you know if you are somebody who hasn't who didn't want to like pay the full fee and subscribe from the beginning they are offering kind of like a mid-season Discount, so you yeah. can kind of jump in and see what they have to offer for a lower rate. So that's yeah. pretty cool. We'll see, you know, how many more people that brings in. Hey, shout out! It also says that uh, oh, they actually linked a Kyle Sheldon tweet. Look at that! Oh, Kyle talking about all the new jobs that are popping up in soccer. Mm. I think we may have talked about this at some point. Yeah, but he was saying, um, you know, that there are, and he's right. He just he made a thread of all the different job openings that are present right now in soccer. And it's true. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a great time to to get on board, and hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, people can. Hopefully, the Calling All Casuals show can get some sort of uh, hey, some sort call, of uh, Calling All Casuals wealthy benefactor. Sla- <laughs> we need someone. We we need that Apple TV sponsorship. I know. I don't even care who sponsors us. Modelo, White Claw, we're here. It's like I would love a Modelo sponsorship. That'd be that'd sick. be that'd be be nice um okay last piece of news here amy you you wanted to leave this oh one for yeah last. this this is fun did i um this was uh this was all producer eric but uh it's it's quite a bit of news yeah um 
Quincy, I don't know how to say. I would his say name. Prom- Promise. Prom- Promise. He's a Dutch footballer who plays for Spartak Moscow. Yeah, he's actually um, really good. He's like he's. I mean, he's yeah. a solid player. He's a really he's a good well, player. He's in a bit of trouble right now. He's uh, been prosecuted for alleged drug trafficking of over thirteen hundred kilograms of cocaine. Insane. Um, dating back to twenty twenty and also caught up in some assault charges apparently it was some kind of family feud it was his cousin that he allegedly assaulted but yeah he's in a bit of hot water i heard um, his cousin took his laptop well just kidding. That's not what happened. <laughs> okay that's a kanye yeah, story kanye. <laughs> um but yeah it's to put that it's into perspective, crazy. Uh, 1300 kilos is over 3000 pounds so it's a, it's over a ton yeah, it's, it's it's like it's a bunch. I mean, that's like some cartel shit. Like he's moving, yeah. A, like yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what to happens. To be fair, with this, I, but. I'm not trying to defend him, but let me just speak on this. <laughs> he did it in 2020, so it was probably COVID times. He was <laughs> okay. like desperate. <laughs> I don't know. No, okay. I don't think so. Never I don't mind, think never so. Mind. I mean. The fact that it was 20 I mean that's a lot of That's a lot of drugs <laughs> Like So They've clearly Yo. been Building a case against him For the last three years So it's not looking good If Yo. I could Speculate That's, that's your expert opinion Yeah I am I, mean, I, I, I love that's that That's not some like Lightweight that. shit You know I love that as a pull We can pull that And put it in the In the in the new intro <laughs> okay. For, for uh, sure. the second half of the season yeah. That's a lot of drugs It is Um um, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do Amy's big question. We got a little deep dive coming up. Um, and, you know, Pop 11's always right around the corner as well. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. We are back. We're back. All righty, righty, right. <laughs> Every week. Every week. We're back. That keeps on giving. We're back. It is time for Amy's big question. Amy's big question. And. You know, we kind of talked about this, Alexi, you and yes. I, off off mic last week. Off, and, off, um, off, off Broadway. Considering last week was the end of the English Premier League mm-hmm. and the English League. I don't and know a what lot the, of other the whole too. league. Yeah, it was well, kind of the, like right the end of, end of, of like yeah. the European leagues. Yeah, yeah. So, obviously, the topic of relegation yes. was very hot. And it led me to the question... What is the true cost of relegation? It's a it's an interesting question, and the answer is it, it's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. Um, I think when we were talking about this uh, earlier in the week, I showed you this little TikTok that Tifo posted. There's a thing called Tifo Football. Mm-hmm. They are uh, who are they owned by? It's not Bleacher Report, is it? I don't know who they're. I don't know who their parent company is. Oh, the Athletic actually. Um, the Athletic fucking big shout out to them they do so much incredible journalism yeah. it's it's really crazy i i actually should start paying for them but i yeah. don't instead i just fucking uh save the articles and open them <laughs> offline but <laughs> you know uh i will start paying that's my june uh what's it called when you make a resolution, resolution my june resolution um the tifo football tiktok was talking actually about this about the cost of relegation and um I don't remember the exact numbers, but wasn't it? Didn't they say something like it was like, on average, a Premier League team pulls in like a hundred million? Yeah, it was like baseline, like a hundred million pounds. And then that goes down. And that's down. just for broadcasting. Yeah, that's like 
off of the broadcasting money. right right that's just that one chunk and then yeah. it goes down to what it went down like a lot i don't even remember the exact number do you remember by i don't chance? remember the exact number but i'm gonna, I'm gonna it, pull it up here it, uh, you know that being a bit well actually i think this article says it i think um Hmm. So it goes down. Here we go. This is saying that the average broadcasting revenue is 125 million pounds. Right. Bottom clubs, the relegated ones, usually make around 100 million pounds. But in the championship, the average broadcasting revenue is 5.6 or sorry, five to six million pounds. Right. So that is a 95 pound drop, 95 million pound drop off. Right. That's, so, so you're basically losing 100 million. You're losing 100 million. Yeah. 100 which I was going to say was something like that. And it sounded too crazy. So I had to pull it back up because yeah. I was going to say. They're losing like 95. It's like, no, that sounds nuts. No, it was like That's the fact. 100 to 120, kind of depending on how far up you yeah. are. And obviously, if you're like top of the Premier League, you're not you're likely going to be like relegated. Right. But so you're losing 95% of your TV earnings. They do uh, parachute payments, which are. I didn't actually know this until last week because yeah. I remember I've always been like, oh, they should do like a revenue sharing thing for three years in MLS. I had no idea that the Premier League does that. I didn't mm -hmm. know that, but they do declining what they call parachute payments. So I think uh, don't quote me directly here, but you get, I think, maybe like 40 percent of what you would have gotten, then 20, then 10 that or something like right, that. sounds about right, according to this article. So like if you, you know, normally would have made 100 the next year they give you they maybe take that last percent they take that last payment that you got they take your revenue yeah. that you would have received give you a percentage of it so they give you 40 million then if you still don't come back up that revenue goes down and it goes down and then by the fourth year you're stuck down there no more parachute payments and you're completely like stuck yeah so there's you know there's understandably a lot of motivation to kind of <laughs> not not stay yeah. For longer than, yeah. you know, a season or two. But I think, you know, I think one of the things that kind of brought up this conversation is on the the reverse side, like what what does it do for a team to get promoted? Right. Like mm -hmm. we were talking about Luton. Uh, yes. And I think that's such a crazy story because specifically because of like their stadium and just the size of the 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 town and right. like where the the matches are played and i'm it's very exciting for them they're yeah. gonna get like this influx of money but you know i was kind of thinking like well if they don't stay there like what does that really do it's just there's a lot of like human components that i don't think yes can really be fully understood like sure it's great when you get promoted Yes. But then if you don't stay there, it's it really like messes up a lot of things. Yeah. And it, for me, what I was thinking was when we were talking about that Luton situation, it was like, well, are you know, these people obviously are used to soccer happening in their back, like literally in their garden, in yeah. their backyard. So they're used to that game day, like whatever. But they also didn't necessarily sign up for like a stadium getting built bigger like like getting more seats and getting more tr foot traffic yeah, so i i'm curious to know what's going to happen with that because not not the whole neighborhood can be into it i personally would be like this is fucking sick yeah but well it's sick whenever it's like looting and it's your your home team but then weren't yeah. you saying that already 
other fans are talking about going to like their team's away oh, match yeah, at yeah, Loom yeah. just because like it's almost like a spectacle, right? It's and so cool. I don't know. I think like the sensitive human part of me is like this whole like prom- like I get like the whole promotion relegation concept. It keeps the league interesting, but I do yeah. think like having money so easily like coming in and going out and being like given and taken away it it's it's much bigger than just what it means to the clubs you know it's like there are people that are involved and there are you know so well so that's it's kind of funny not funny but it's interesting this year southampton got relegated right yeah and they've they've been down before you know what i mean so they know how to do it but Another. This is a great article from the Athletic called. Um, it says, "What's it called? Like, what's the human? The human cost of the Premier League cost, relegation." Right. But they were talking about um, in this article. It says for Southampton, uh, an email was sent to all 340 staff. 340 staff. Yeah. That's staff. That's that's not even the player. That's like the people who are. That's like janitors. That's like you know ticket sales, ticket sales. Yeah. that's like all of that shit concessions and it says uh, an email was sent to all 340 staff warning that there could be redundancies made across all areas of the club following the relegation um so there's going to be a consultancy period and uh until july 20th meaning they're going to be figuring out what to do for two months and the way this puts it is Basically, everyone who works there will spend the better part of two months worrying about their position. Yeah. And if it's going to if they're going to have a job next season or whatever. So, Mac, the some people who maybe have the privilege of kind of jumping jobs a little bit easier, like Matt Crocker, mm-hmm. he got to jump to the U.S. Uh, sporting director position. Sure. So he went from like a sinking ship to like, oh, cool. Now I'm on what seems to be something more stable and like on the upward trajectory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In the same article, it talks about Aston Villa when they got relegated in 2015, 2016. And, you know, luckily Aston Villa back up and next year are going to be playing in Europe. They're going to be playing European football. Right. So it's not like it's necessarily a death sentence. It depends on, it depends on where your club is at and how you kind of set up for, the potential of being relegated. So for example, like, you know, if you're, if you are in a lot of debt, if your like wage bill outweighs like what your healthy percentage of your bill should be or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you get relegated, you might have fucked yourself royally and you might plummet through the leagues. Right. You know? So if you feel like you're about to get relegated, it's weird. You either have to, I guess, keep investing to try to stay up or like really start cutting and like, get it early so you can try to fight to come back the next year um with this aston villa thing though i thought it was really interesting in terms of just how many people you know are a part of this it said in the aftermath of their 2016 relegation around 130 full-time and 400 part-time staff lost their jobs that's 530 people losing jobs um their former chairman said that he had to gather all of the staff at one end of the stadium in one of the stands, like at the end where all the fans normally sit. Mm-hmm. And this article it does a great job. It says, at first, you think that seems like an overly dramatic setting to tell people they might lose their jobs. Like, oh, you're going to make them sit in the stands right. while you tell them that. And it's like, but then you realize 
they had to sit there because it was the only place big enough to hold that many fucking people. They couldn't have that meeting anywhere else in the right. stadium. It's the only place they could hold it with that many people. Um, so it's just like it is brutal, the fallout from relegation. And like from a purely entertainment perspective, like I know that sounds like fucking perverse, but from just an entertainment perspective where you're not considering any of that. Right. Promotion relegation is amazing because the of drama course. is crazy. Yeah. But like when you see it on the, those final days, of course, you see the players crying because like they they failed. But you don't even start to think that like, oh, the economy is actually also going to get fucked yeah. like hyper locally. And that's not that's yeah. not cool. Well, I think that's where my brain went, because, again, like I'm not I'm not caught up in the sort of like emotion of the the game because i'm so new to this but so i was you know that's why i wanted to ask this question i Mm -hmm. just thought it's it's really interesting like how impactful it truly is you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and obviously we watch sports because we like to be entertained but so often we're not really like thinking about what it what it really what means. it really does you yeah. know like the true cost of it so i do like that you pointed me to this article and if you listening are interested at all about kind of the deeper implications i think it's a great read and like yeah whoever wrote it nick did, miller uh, nick miller yeah. like yeah really great journalism so. yeah shout out to the athletic man they actually do a, a lot of great stuff i figure i find every week we talk about something from the athletic yeah. on this show, um, and they're they're really really good. Yeah. All right. Um. Let's move into the deep dive this week. I'll uh, again. I always like to give people a peek behind the curtain, and this week we were supposed to have a guest, and he bailed. He he was he slept right. through. He slept through the uh, record, but <laughs> yeah, he had a, he had a real nice sleep in. Yeah, he I heard slept in pretty pretty nice. <laughs> um, he was. Just chilling, vibing, sleeping, but he's the one who came up with this uh, idea yeah. of what to do on the deep dive. He wanted to talk about uh, comebacks. That was his thing. So I, I kind of expanded a little further. I said, let's talk about comebacks, giant killings, and shocking results. Hmm. Um, so it kind of ties into my question a little it, bit, too. It, it does a little bit. So I think we'll, we'll, we'll start seeing a bit of overlap. Yeah. Um, I didn't really research this one the f- most because I kind of figured he was going to come in with notes as well, and yeah. then we would all chat. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to lean on you a little bit. So first of all, I mean, the term "giant killing" is a very like soccery in quotes okay. term. It like it's used in soccer to explain when a minnow it's like a small team a minnow kills a giant. Sure, it's like a big Makes team. Makes sense. It's yeah, really. Yeah. So. If you hear the term giant killing, that's that is what okay. it is. It's um, like a massive upset. Basically. It's like a yeah, giant upset. Okay. Um, and it usually kind of happens in in cups, in like one off cup play, because oh, okay. that's like one game. You got to beat them in one game. You never know what can happen. Right. Um, it's very, very rare for something like a giant killing or like a, a real like Cinderella story, mm-hmm. so to speak. It's rare for that type of thing to happen over a tournament like a full tournament run and it's even more rare for it to happen over the league sure so um in the u.s i just actually learned this term this year and i I don't know if it's just like in vogue right now or what but i think it's a stupid term 
cup set. Yeah, I feel like I heard that. Maybe I, know, we I was were saying. I think I said something. it last week too. It's, yeah, but it's 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 lame. Um, <laughs> Leave it to the U.S. to like come up with a lame term. I know, but in the in the U.S. Open Cup this year, they're having a couple cup sets and uh, Pittsburgh Riverhounds and mm-hmm. um, Bur- Birmingham. Uh, what are they called? Birmingham Legion. I want to say yeah, it's a weird name, but Birmingham Legion and Pittsburgh Riverhounds are one game away each from being in the semifinal. Like, so those are they've been dealing out cup sets left and right. Mm-hmm. So if Birmingham beat Miami uh, this Wednesday. And if Pittsburgh beat Cincinnati this Tuesday, they're into the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, which is pretty crazy because the last time a U.S. Open Cup champion was not an MLS team was 1999. And that was the what? only time since MLS started in 96. It was the Rochester Rhinos who beat Colorado <laughs> Rapids in 1999. Um, but yeah, since MLS came into the into the U.S. as a league in 1996, uh, it's always been an MLS team to win. Last year, Sacramento Republic played Orlando City, so they had a chance. Sacramento had a chance. Okay. But I think Sacramento are going to become an MLS team soon as mm. well or something like that. I don't know. But, um, yeah, if you look back at the list of U.S. Open Cup finals, it's actually really, really cool because that's where you, for me, like as a soccer nerd, I love going back and seeing what who the winners were of these cups because you know we didn't have like these were just like local like hyper local clubs. I mean, this is like you know uh, Greek American AC. That's like a that was they were semi pro club in San Francisco, just like of Greek people, I guess. Yeah. Uh, there's Chicago Croatian. You know, they were a, a soccer club in Chicago. Um, uh, New York Hata Bavarian SC. They were just like a team, you know. So you San Pedro Yugoslavs, which is like wild, you know. New York Ukrainians. You just had so much of immigrant culture, and there was such a rich, rich history of it um, in U.S. Open Cup. And wow, this goes back to 1913. Yeah, there was a, the. I think the earliest team that was really successful was a team Bethlehem Steel. They were like a, an old American team. Okay, so is that what are we what did we call those like the industry teams yeah did yeah. we have that here too i guess you know i'm not even sure we we might have bethlehem steel might be i mean because i see chicago bricklayers yeah and there's there. also a thing called todd shipyards i guess they're a bar uh sorry not barcelona brooklyn based team that uh, was formed when it says they were formed when the todd shipyard company decided to merge with brooklyn robbins dry dock with <laughs> They merged the Brooklyn Robins dry dock with Tebow Yacht Basin okay. FC. But it's like stuff like that yeah, is so wild is, to yeah. me, you know, um, that we had a cool thing. It wasn't like the, the biggest. Um, and now, obviously, the teams that win are like professional teams and it's, it's a little different. Right. Um, but the last time it wasn't an MLS team was 99 Rochester Rhinos who are still around, but they've they've rebranded since. Um, I personally like the the rhinos, but whatever. Um, oh, they're not the rhinos anymore. Nah, That's the, a no, bummer. Now they're, no, they're just like Rochester FC or some shit like that. I don't know. Um, for a while, in the FA Cup, which is you know England's mm-hmm. same style tournament as the U.S. Open Cup, there was like a ten-year period where they had an award. I just learned about this today, but they had an award called the FA Cup Giant Killing Award, 
Oh, and wow. They would give it to like a team who had an upset, like a big upset like mm-hmm. that. So, uh, for example, in 2012, uh, Swindon Town, who at the time were in the fourth tier of English football, beat Wigan, who were in the first tier of English football. So it was like a fourth tier beating a Premier League team. In 2013, Luton Town. Hey. This is 10, so ten been... years ago. Luton Town was in the fifth league. Yeah. And oh, wow. Yeah. So they've been slowly creeping up. They have. I'm well, so not happy Not even slowly, medi- meteorically. You know, and honestly, they've, they've, yeah. they're trans, they're transition to the premier league has been well yeah i guess you're right i mean if they were all the way in the fifth tier 10 years ago that's not yeah and there's like other you know it's it's kind of interesting to look at this stuff because you have random ones where it's like chesham 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 united i don't even know what they are they were in the seventh tier of english football and they beat bristol rovers uh lincoln city obviously the classic lincoln city red imps i think is what they're called um they beat burnley again fifth fifth level versus first level i don't know why they got rid of this award but it was a fan vote thing so maybe that's why they got rid of it who knows i personally think that it's kind of cool to highlight some of these smaller teams um and you know that is uh just interesting to to give an award for it um as i said earlier you tend to see this kind of thing happen more in cups because it's a one-off right win um however there are things like luton where like you know, they just do it over the course of a season or over the course of a year or multiple years. That's the shit that is really, really impressive. So Lutentown this year is an incredible, incredible story. We'll see what happens next year. I have a feeling they're not going to do very well. But, um, you know, I hope they do well. Uh, in 2004, at Euro 2004, Greece won the entire thing. Greece were not supposed to like do anything at all. Yeah. And um, somehow they just kept winning games like 1 0. They were just like, they would just park the bus, play solid defense, and then score like a random goal. And then Greece won the entire tournament. And it was really crazy. But obviously, the most, the most well known one is Leicester City winning the Premier League in 2016. Like that is just, that was absolutely bonkers when that happened. And it's very weird because. You kept, or at least I kept thinking, like, okay, okay, they'll they'll eventually like fall off though, but they'll eventually fall off. You know, like they're not going to keep winning. Yeah. You know, okay, they're in first. Uh, well, okay, but so, it's early. It's early. Nope, it was never early. It was they 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 did it. They won the fucking league. It was insane. Their odds. You know what their odds were? Mm-mm. Five thousand to one. Wow. Shouts to whoever bet on them. I know. I yeah. There's probably <laughs> they're more rich. a few people, but wait. So. They're in the Premier League, or they were, obviously. They were. They just got relegated this year. Okay, so, but that specific year, they were in the yes. Premier League, but they were very, like, were, ranked yeah. very low. Yeah, I think they were probably predicted to finish, like, in the bottom five or wow. something like that. So that's was the craziest part, is that they, you know, managed to maintain that sort of form all season long. That's what was so crazy. Because right. normally, like, you know, a team will fall off. But that year... If you look at their Premier League results, they only lost three games, which is insane. Like, that's a really, really historic season, you know, to only lose three games. I mean, it, it really was quite incredible. And they won it by 10 points. Arsenal finished second on 71 points. Leicester City had 81 points. So they were just, like, uncatchable. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was really, really interesting. The lowest they dropped all season was into sixth place. 
Um, but so they stayed and that was only for one week. So they stayed in the top five the entire season. That's that shows. I don't know something. It's it was they lightning it, lightning it, in a bottle. And how were they the next season? The next season they like were just back to normal. Really? Yeah, they were really That's just back so to normal, wild. and now they're relegated. Yeah. So like, and that wasn't that long ago. That was what eight yeah. years ago, nine no seven years ago. Yeah. So like, it's a uh, it, it's a very interesting thing. Um, Wrexham are another one of a, a team that I could you know maybe say is potentially like a Cinderella story. I know they've had the investment coming in. Um, yeah. What tier are they in? That's a great question. I think that they are technically in like the the ninth tier right now or something like that. Oh, so they're yeah, they're, they're way low. Yeah, maybe they're the seventh tier. I'm not sure, but they're they're pretty far down there. So with them, it's it's interesting because like they have Hollywood money, so it actually could be a little bit easier for them to climb. Mm-hmm. Whenever you have money, it's easy to climb. Not easy, but it's a little bit easier because yeah. you can kind of. You don't have to worry as much about certain things and you can bring in players and stuff yeah it seems like they're in the fifth tier oh okay so they're they're on their way yeah that'd be uh that would be kind of cool to see them do well um another uh cinderella story we can go to i don't know 2014 atletico madrid who uh they beat barcelona and real madrid to win the uh the title which normally spain is kind of a two-horse race although I'd say over the last 10 years, Atletico Madrid have done a really good job of kind of solidifying their spot as like that third team. Um, in 1992, Denmark um, actually won the European Championship. So Gre- Greece did it in 2004, but uh, Denmark did it in 1992. They didn't actually qualify for the tournament, but then Yugoslavia, uh, because it was going through a lot of turmoil, was forced to like relinquish their spot, and Denmark was like the, the next, the in, next line? in line <laughs> but no one assumed that they were going to go so they weren't even told this until like just over a week before kickoff of the competition <laughs> so they didn't even have time to prepare or anything um That's so incredible maybe the players already had other plans or whatever but then they all like came and played in this tournament and they won they beat germany in the final it was wow. crazy it was one of the most uh shocking kind of upsets of all time um in terms of, you know, back to England, to the FA Cup in 2013, Wigan actually won the FA Cup. I think at the time they were in the Premier League, so it wasn't, you know, the the craziest mm-hmm. result. But they beat, um, they beat Manchester City in the final, and that was kind of a, a big one because Manchester City had already gotten money at that time, you know. So it was, uh, they were definitely the favorites. Um but they won the cup that year, the FA Cup, beating Man City. Like, cool. Like, they won underdogs. And then they got relegated. Uh, so, like, it was kind of a funny thing. Yeah. I think they were the first team to that at that time. I think they're still the only team who's ever won the FA Cup and been relegated in the same year. Same year. So, Oof. that's a weird one because you're like, well, shit. It was the year ultimately a failure. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, like, we were talking relegation. Is, is tough and I believe that ever since they got relegated they haven't come back from that um, Portsmouth in 2008 uh, also kind of was a I would say a bit of a uh, an upset a kind of a, a shocking result to win the FA Cup but generally 
you know, you tend to find that the big fish are mostly the ones who win those tournaments. Right. I think, I think in, I think that a like a Premier League team has pretty much won, ev like every FA Cup for the, for a very long time. Maybe there might have been, uh, some other ones that like I, I can't remember off top, but I think mostly me yeah, at Portsmouth. I think actually was the last one in two thousand eight, but. I, you know, I could be wrong. Maybe they were, maybe they were in the Premier League at that time too, because they go up and down as well. So, you never, you never know who's going to win these things. You never know who's going to win a match here and there. But to put it all together over the right, that's usually what the big yeah, teams like do. winning a match happens. Like, yeah. not that it's easy, but you know, we all have our off days or we all have our great days. But to like do that over the course of a tournament or a season, yeah. The consistency is the, is the key. Yeah. Um, other shocking results, because I know we did want to talk about shocking results a bit. Uh, Germany and Brazil in 2014. I'm sure you remember that. I do remember that. Germany winning 7-1. Um, it's kind of crazy. When you go to the Wikipedia article at the top, it says 7-1 redirects here <laughs> for the calendar <laughs> dates. See January oh. 7th and July 1. <laughs> so um, I think that it's, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Um, its nickname is the Agony of uh, Minerao, which is like, uh, I guess it means the it, it, that's the city, and there was agony. Yeah, or that was a stadium, and that's the there was agony because uh, seven ones not. I do remember that. I I wasn't really even watching soccer then, but I did watch that World Cup, and I remember I was with my friends, Cad and Luciano. We were yeah. um down on Stone Street. And it was just like, I could just tell it was shocking based oh, yeah. on everybody's reaction, you know? Oh, yeah. And it then was... you see the, the fans. And the <laughs> players, too. But the thing is, it was like, it, it, it's, it also shows you just how quickly the game can, can you can lose everything. Because, yeah. like, if you switch off for just a few minutes, you can lose the game. Do you know... How many? Okay, let's. A, after twenty minutes, do you know what the score? Are you looking at the at the at the score? Or can or can you guess? Uh, I mean, I see that it's seven to one. So, do I'm you know looking. what time they were scored? No, no, no. Okay, so after fifteen minutes, guess what the score was? Fifteen minutes into the into match. the game. One 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 zero, one, Ger zero. to Germany. Okay. After twenty minutes, guess what the score was? Two zero one zero to Germany. Okay. After twenty two minutes, guess what the score was? Two zero. It was still one zero to Germany. Oh wow. Okay. After twenty nine minutes, guess what the score was? One one five zero to Germany. And so that's the craziest thing is that from twenty three to twenty nine wow. minutes they scored four times. So it's not like Brazil. I mean, obviously Germany outplayed the shit out of them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It's not like it Brazil, happened so quickly. They yeah, there was like a six minute gap five minute gap where they gave up four goals and wow. next thing you know it's five nil good and luck coming back like, from that yeah, bro like right, right, it's right. five nil so mentally you just it's like a hard thing to get over yeah and it's that's the thing is like one little chunk of time where you right. switch off and you can lose the entire the entire match um so that was a pretty big one uh other shocking things it's not necessarily a result but it's 
the idea of uh, Calciopoli, which is like, uh, or Calciopoli, I don't know how to say it, but it's where um, it was a big scandal in um, Italy, in Syria, where it was pretty much uh, people uh, paying to select the right referees to referee certain games. It was, it was a lot of a lot of uh, sketchy shit happening, but basically. Uh, Milan, Fiorentina, Juventus, Lazio, and Regina, Regina, I don't know how to say it, but they were um, all in the, uh, they were accused of of being a part of this, and they were given punishments, and then they appealed them, and then they pretty much ended up, you know, having certain, certain teams got punished more than others. Uh, Juventus is the main one that sticks out because they got relegated to the lower league. That was part of their wow. punishment. This is crazy. Yeah. They were stripped of the 2004-2005 title, which they'd won. They got downgraded to last place in the league that year. The title was given to Inter Milan, and Juventus were relegated to the 2006-2007 Serie B. So they got like completely relegated. And then the thing is, with a team like Juventus, they're so big that like it didn't really crush them they were able to come back up um and they're still very successful um but a lot of these teams like you know got got other punishments um lazio was uh they were out of the 2007 six to 2006 2007 uefa cup they had to play a couple games behind closed doors fiorentina same thing Milan were deducted 30 points for the 2005-2006 Serie A. They had to play one game behind closed doors. But Juve definitely suffered the worst of it where they were relegated because of some scandal. Wow, it says many prison sentences were handed out to sporting directors. But they were all acquitted in 2015. Interesting. I mean, due to the expiration of statute of limitations. That's crazy. It's it's, it's definitely... uh, very Italian soccer thing to happen. <laughs> like Italian soccer is always very scandalous. Um, I guess the last thing I want to touch on before we get out for the break is, you know, cause we did talk about comebacks, just a few right. meaningful comebacks that I remember uh, Arsenal at one, there was one match where we were up four nil on Newcastle and the Newcastle came back and like tied it four, four. And <laughs> I think it was just, I don't remember. I think it was just like a normal yeah. regular season game, whatever. But, um, they were it was the way we blew it was just like typical arsenal um and the comeback was emphatic and i there was a guy named shake teote i think who scored like an incredible goal rip he uh he died on the pitch in china at some point a few years ago i think what? yeah but um maybe it was during training i don't know i think he was still playing though. but um barca barcelona they were up on roma and um Roma, they were up 3-0 after the first leg, and then I think Roma went to Barcelona and was like, you lost 3-0, you're pretty much fucked. But they went there and they won 4-1, so they won on away goals. And uh, Francesco Totti was a player for Roma. He's a fucking legend. Mm. And he's like one of my favorites of all time. And so, and I really just don't really like Barcelona that much. So I was glad to see them lose. It was cool. The biggest one that sticks out to me is the 2005 Champions League final. This is where Milan... We're playing Liverpool, and uh, Milan went up 3-0, and uh, Liverpool uh, came back and tied it up with, with the, again, the same, kind of the same thing that I was talking about in that Brazil-Germany game. Right. You switch off for five minutes, and it, the game is over. At halftime, Milan were up 
from the 54th minute to the 61st minute. So six minutes, seven minutes, Liverpool scored three. And they, they, yep. And then it went to penalties and Liverpool won on penalties. Oh my God. And that was a bummer for me because I was going for Milan because they had a player I really liked, uh, Andrei Shevchenko. They had a lot of players I really liked, (laughs) but uh, that was a bummer. And then I think in the, there was a famous comeback, Manchester United came back against Bayern Munich in the 1999 Champions League Mm -hmm. final. And that one, I was very young, so I didn't really care that much, but I was going for Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich scored very early, sixth minute, um, and the whole game they were up 1-0, and they were like known for having like a really strong, like good defense, and they were just like a solid team, a great goalkeeper. Um, and then uh, actually, Phil Neville was part of this Manchester United team, oh. so it was his brother, um, and so was uh, David Beckham, and uh, Manchester United equalized in the. Uh, first minute of stoppage time so the 91st minute of the game like when it was almost done they equalized and then two minutes later at the very very last minute of the game they won so like within two minutes at the very end they scored twice and won so again just switching off for a couple minutes yeah can really create those comeback or upset moments you know the game is always in a fine balance yeah um so yeah hopefully you learned a little bit about comebacks giant killings i don't know any any big takeaways there Hmm. I mean, I I like the uh, I like the the giant killing award. You know, it's cool to see like these kind of random, like lower tier teams, yeah, having these amazing victories. Yeah, um, I think I think that we should kind of have something like that in um in the U.S. Yeah. Well, that'd be cool. That would be cool. Like maybe for MLS would be cool, but also for like other sports, just to remember like one important upset a year yeah i also like you said it's like fan fan votes voted it was yeah, yeah. i like that you know because it really gives the people like a way to be involved so hey, the people love an underdog americans I do, yeah. love an underdog we do we know, do i was about to say i love a cinderella story you know that's so. why it's weird to me that americans don't have relegation because it's like that's the biggest cinderella stories are made and through relegation. yeah but i guess we're not big enough yeah, right that's true. yeah who knows but you know it would be interesting I know. although i'm kind of against it just based on the the human element yeah but it would be interesting to see there's probably a some better of these, way to do you know it. like the what were they the rochester rhinos or yeah. like you know to see a team like that have a chance to yeah. like play at the highest level so i think there's probably a better way to do relegation but we yeah. need to figure it out we'll uh we'll do some some uh some thinking and we'll you know we'll come up with an idea all right let's take a quick break and when we get back pop 11 Hey, welcome back. We got the Pop 11 right around the corner. Producer Eric drew up an incredible 11 incredible. for us. Incredible. Uh, he, he put him in a 4-4-2. He's very old school, that guy. Uh, <laughs> the Royal Rumble Rivals is what this one's called. The, he, he says this is about teammate bust-ups and other unfortunate friendly fire incidents. <laughs> so I, I love that. It's a funny one. Um, do you want to start or do you want me to start? Yeah, I didn't let's... count these out, so I don't know who's... Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, but we'll start. I'm going to start with... Uh, the ownership over here yes um we have as the owner 
Alex Connor. Alex Connor. And so these are all like, it's kind of a two for one you get here because it's, it's kind of like a, a versus, you know? Yeah. It's, so, Alex Connor is the one who started it, I guess. Or Yeah. I don't, I don't know how he ordered it, but this is Alex Connor versus Scooby Blue, um, which Scooby is Blue. hilarious. Okay. Um, it's the mascot. This is actually like <laughs> kind of a wild story. And, I, you know, I don't know what happened to Alex that day, but. The day was November 10th, 2018. Um, st- I don't know how to say this. Stanrar. Stanrar. That's the it? team. S T A N. Sounds like some Danish thing or something. Oh, no, this is Scottish, isn't it? Stanrar. I'd say Stanrar. 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 I have no idea. Sorry, my bad. I'm fucking terrible at pronunciations. But Stanrar chairman, Alex Connor attacked the club mascot Scooby Blue shortly after kickoff of their match versus Airdrie. Now, why would he attack the mascot? You would think maybe something happened on the pitch or like the mascot was out of line. Yeah. No. Scooby Blue was simply making a cup of tea in the club lounge. <laughs> what's, what's he doing in the what's he doing in the lounge? Okay, well, why is he drinking tea? What okay, is so that's kind of Alex Connor's point. So Scooby Blue was making a cup of tea, and that's when the club chairman Alex Connor comes in, lunges at him, wrestled him to the ground openly in front of fans and yelled at him to go outside and encourage the fan base. It's true. Come on, Scooby Blue. He's really playing into the Scottish stereotype. Maybe he needed a tea. Unbelievable. And the man behind the costume, Matthew Francis, held the position for 15 years. He had been the mascot for 15 years, clearly shaken up after the incident. Um, And shortly after... Alex Connor was relieved of his duties and an internal investigation was carried out. So, well, so Scooby Blue got the last laugh. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He was like, I'll have my tea whenever I want. Thank you. Unbelievable. The manager moving on is Delio Rossi. Delio Rossi. If you, um, this one came with the video. Uh, producer Eric texted me offline. He was like, oh, did he? he was like, I put a bunch of videos in here oh, for yeah, you guys I to did. watch. I did watch some of the so videos. So I haven't, I haven't done any of that because I was, uh, busy fucking doing other videos. Um, <laughs> uh, Delio Rossi, he uh, apparently, it's, it's his, him versus Adam Ljajic. Adam Ljajic was actually a, a lit player. He was supposed to have like a good career. He was like a mm-hmm. wonder kid and it just never panned out. Um, in, in uh, 2012, in a match versus relegation rivals uh, Novara, Fiorentina went down 0-2, to two, and Rossi decided to sub out the 20-year-old Ljajic with only 32 minutes gone in the match. Uh, 32, that's like not a lot of time. So to yeah. have a substitution that early sure. is pretty crazy, and it means that the person is fucking up and you're taking them of off course. for a reason. Um, or maybe there's a red card or something. But in this case, it was because Ljajic was probably not trying very hard so Ljajic uh, sarcastically applauded the decision and on his way back to the bench uh, Rossi attacked him landing a few punches uh, and he got sacked after the match and was banned for three months uh, this is an interesting one to me um, if you watch the video you'll kind of see that um, Rossi was just like fuck you and he kind of gave him a few punches fell into the dugout a little bit um, it's never right to uh, to <laughs> assault a player but it's also like 
you know, you can't just applaud your coach sarcastically. I don't know. Neither person is in the right. Yeah. Here. And I mean, I've I, been that player who's applauded sarcastically, but not to your own coach. I've, I've done it. I did it to the referee and I got a red card. But that that's neither here nor there. That doesn't matter. That's a bad decision on the ref's part because it's like, how do you get a red card for applauding? But yeah, uh, Delio Rossi, our manager. So our owner, and our manager, both are attacking people, and I'm sure the rest <laughs> of the team. Maybe this is going to be, be a theme. Yeah, I think the rest of the team will be attacking people as well. Um, why don't I think you I should go, go again with yeah, the goalkeeper? Yeah, yeah. So Jens Lehmann, uh, absolute German legend, Jens Lehmann. Uh, he played at Arsenal back in the day, but I don't think this story is about his time at Arsenal. Um, February twenty second, two thousand three. Schalke versus Dortmund. It's a huge derby. Um, and Lehman, the goalie, saw his team concede a late goal. So he rushed out of his goal and sprinted 40 yards to confront his teammate, uh, Marcio Amoroso, de- deeming the Brazilian forward at fault for the goal. So he ran 40 yards down the field just to tell a guy that he <laughs> fucked up. Um, he shoved him. He verbally beat him. And uh, he... that got him a second yellow card and the goalie Jens Lehmann got sent off with 10 minutes left in the match so he uh, the goal ended up getting ruled out for offside so the goal didn't even count uh, but Lehmann ended up still getting that yellow for for punching I guess his own teammate Mm -hmm. Uh, and he became the first Bundesliga goalkeeper to be sent off four times in his career so he um, Jens Lehmann had a bit of a hot streak you know what I mean he was uh he was out here really eat fucking people up. But <laughs> the bummer is that the goal didn't even stand. Oh, that's the thing. The, yeah, that the goal, sucks. The goal didn't count. So the goalie got a yellow and got sent off, even though the goal didn't count. Oof. Yeah, he fucked up. That's rough. He fucked up. You know, tempers run, tempers run high. That's true. Um, all right. We're going to start with our defensive line. Uh, up first, I have Andy Myers versus Stuart McCall. This is a Bradford versus Leeds match, a local derby, um, occurred May 13th, 2001. Bradford is down 1-5, so they're obviously frustrated. Mm. Um, This is right before halftime, so all the frustration is boiling over, and club captain Stuart McCall delivers some choice words for his teammate Andy Myers about his defending on the fifth Leeds goal. So he's like, come on, man. Like, yeah, I'm sure it was maybe a little more than that. It, it probably was. <laughs> probably was. Um, Myers takes offense, you know. Again, like, I can only imagine how you must feel when you're down that much and you're getting yelled at by your team captain. Um, so he proceeds to punch McCall in the face, giving him a nasty cut right below his eye. It actually yeah. required stitches. He's bleeding on the pretty, pitch. It looked pretty bad. I looked yeah. at the video of it. Um, they apologized and made up at halftime. And they even sat together on the team bus on the way home. So, you know, no That's great. no bad blood between them. That's how it should <laughs> always go. That's yeah, how it should always go. The video is pretty funny because... The match is happening, like Leeds is cheering, things are going on, and then all of a sudden the camera pans and there's like the scuffle going on and like, you know, dudes bleeding. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Bradford ended up losing the match one to six and no further punishments were doled out. I guess they figured losing was punishment enough. Yeah, there you go. Uh, moving on, uh, I made this guy our captain because 
He's an American, and uh, he's a player who I like a lot. Uh, Oguchi Anyewu, a.k.a. Gooch. Um, he actually now is involved uh, at, a, at a higher level with the U.S. men's national team, or U.S. soccer. I don't, I don't know exactly what his position is, but I think he's involved somewhere there now. Um, Oguchi Anyewu joins AC Milan in July 2009, but only makes one appearance off the bench uh, before tearing his knee ligaments in October, playing against Costa Rica for the men's national team. Uh, he felt guilty about sitting out all of the 2009-2010 scene, uh, season, I should say, and determined to prove himself in Italy, Gooch offered to play one season for free and was given a one-year contract extension. So he was like, man, this is my chance. Like, I should try, you know, so I guess he wanted to play for free, which I personally don't agree with. I'm sure his agent was probably like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But he recovered in time to play in the 2010 World Cup with the USA, but he found things much more difficult upon returning to Italy. Having failed to get into the first team, he was involved in a little training ground bust-up with the one and only Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, which ultimately ended his AC Milan career. Because when you try to fight with a star player like that, yeah. and you're supposed to be there for free, they're just going to cut you loose. Like, it's yeah. not you're not worth that. Um, says words were exchanged between the pair, winding up Zlatan enough that he retaliated with a reckless challenge on Gooch. Anyewu came at him, grabbed him by the throat, and a vicious fight broke out. Zlatan recalled it as being, quote, life or death. Ten teammates were needed <laughs> to separate the two because they're oh both so big. Um, Ibra left with a, was left with a broken rib, and Gooch was loaned out to uh, FC Twente in Holland two months later. And then Milan released him on a free at the end of the season. So, wow. uh, you know it's 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 interesting but <clears throat> that type of shit happens i mean that's when you got two guys who won't back down that shit happens yeah um and unfortunately it, yeah on kind of fucked himself there yeah not a good look it's true um all right next up this oh is yeah a- you got the lithuanian guys yeah we have good uh luck. <laughs> <laughs> um, we got Titus Vitukinius and Zavidas D- Padagis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm That's not how really sure yeah. how to say their Titus name. Titus Vitukinius and Davidas Padagis. Yeah, Padagis. Um, so they're Lithuanian players. They're playing for the Lithuanian team. Denieva Altus? Sure. Uh, versus Bongo. Unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about Bonga here because that's the easier one to say. Um, But this happened on October 9th, 2013. A top flight match between two Lithuanian teams. Mm -hmm. They're trailing zero to one. So not a terrible, not a terrible score, but it's the 82nd minute. So time is running out. Um, A shouting match develops between these defenders. Yeah. One of them's 18. This yep. is uh, Titus. Titus is 18. Davidus is 29. So, you know, a little bit of an age difference. Um, but he, Titus ended up headbutting Pazigas in the face. Mm-hmm. Not good. That no, that hurts. Um, actually, this video is pretty wild. They end up getting into this, like, crazy match. Like, even the other team is trying to pull them off of each other. Eventually... Both players received red cards and were forced to then awkwardly sit in the same uh, locker room together. And 
didn't end well. Yeah, um, it looks it looks crazy. Yeah, the video is nuts. I'm watching it right now. Yeah, like, it. They just start like a, fighting, and then at first the referee is just like giving people red cards, but then they keep going at it. It's it's. They it's don't very, stop, and they're even like getting like physical with the refs too. Yeah. Um, but. I guess match fixing scandals and financial problems eventually led that team to dissolve in 2014. So they didn't last long after that. And I don't really know what happened to these players, but they both got sent off. Yeah, it's it's really it's crazy that people can get so fucking wound up about that shit. But especially hey, with your own have. teammate, you know. Yeah. Um, to the last defender we have is uh, Craig Levin, Craig Levine. I don't know how to say it, but let's say Levine. Uh, and uh, the person that he went ham on was Graham Hogg. Uh, this was in a friendly, which is ham the craziest. On the ham on the hog. The <laughs> the craziest part of this was that it was a friendly. It was a preseason <laughs> friendly. And I think this was another Scottish thing. Hearts versus Wraith Rovers. Uh, Hearts, I know. Wraith Rovers, I don't know. But uh, they uh, Hearts nearly conceded a goal to Wraith. And then club captain Craig Levine squared up to defensive partner Graham Hogg in an argument about who should have been marking the opposing attacker. Oh, my uh, God. A fight broke out as, Hong, as Hogg swung on Levine, missing with a wild haymaker. Levine responded, uh, landing a punch and breaking his teammate's nose. Hogg had to get stretchered off the pitch. Both players received red cards. Uh, and the match was televised, so it made major headlines. Levine was stripped of the captaincy and had a 12-match ban. Hogg was suspended for 10 matches. Both players were transfer listed, uh, but they're still friends to this day. So it's a, a good ending, I guess, because they're still homies. But um, the footage, it's from 94. So, like, you know, it's really hard right. to tell what the hell's happening in this. Because it looks like it was filmed on a potato, but these motherfuckers <laughs> were absolutely. It took one punch for him to get his nose busted, and then he like fell Oof. over. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy, man. That it, I'm starting to see the pattern is that defenders get involved in a lot of these. Well, I guess we're looking only at defenders right now, but yeah, it's uh, for the defenders, it's not like they're getting involved with the opposing. Uh, attackers it's not attackers all that much they're being involved with like right. uh, Onyewu was Slatan right that was an attacker but uh, Levine and Hogg defensive partnership uh, Titus and Davidas defensive partnership I think uh, Andy Myers and Stuart McCall defensive partnership so it's just funny that they're getting into it with their direct compatriots right. you know what I mean like the guys who they're supposed to be partnering with because yeah. normally you'd think you know like on the pitch like as, as a kid, I would yell at people all the time, yep. but I wouldn't like get mad at my striker partner. You know what I mean? Right. But who knows? Um, um, midfield. All right, let's move to the midfield. We got Graham Lassau and David Batty. Well, Batty. You, you overdid it. Graham Lassau and David Batty. Yeah. <laughs> okay. well, you, he went French on it. Lassau, Lassau is Lassau. not French? No, nah, he's English. I oh, think Graham, English. they're both they're both English. Yeah. But Graham Lassau sounds like a French name. Yeah, that's true. And David Batty. 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 He's a batty. Anyway, uh, this was November of 95. This was the Champions League match between Spartak Moscow Moscow and Blackburn Rovers. Um, So Blackburn, I guess they had previously won the Premier League the season before, but they were having a bit of a rough patch and not playing too well. So they really needed to get this win to have any chance of progressing out of the group stages. So they started the match with 
a lot of high energy and aggression and intensity and the pressure eventually got to them yeah I'll but say. only four minutes in um lasso and batty collided while going for the same loose ball and this video is actually pretty funny because you can you can see it happening they they collide they're going for the ball it's right at the um midfield kind of midfield like and at the touch line like by exactly. the by the benches and stuff yes um this triggered a tirade from Batty in the direction of Lasso, who lashed out and punched Batty in the face, and he broke his hand in the process. <laughs> that dude has a hard head. Um, the two had to be separated by teammates, and they could be heard yelling obscenities at each other from 40 yards away for the remainder of the match. Lasso was taken off at the hour mark because his hand was broken, and he was at fault for all three Spartak goals. Uh, Batty would eventually leave for Newcastle two months later. So that yeah. one didn't end well. Yeah, that's 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 not a good one. Uh, I, you know what? I haven't even looked at this next one yet, but Joey Barton is the person, and I assume that it's also going to be pretty crazy because Joey Barton's known for like being pretty hot-headed dude. Uh, but this one is about uh, his incident with uh, Ozmain Dabo, uh, in 2007, while training with the Man City first team, Joey Barton and Dabo exchanged heavy challenges, kind of like what happened with uh, Onyewu and Ibrahimovic, and that led them to square up to each other as tempers flared. Barton knocked Dabo unconscious and <laughs> continued to attack him while he was on the ground, Wait, what? leaving him with cuts on his face and a detached retina. Dabo claims that Barton hit him in the temple from behind as he proceeded to walk away from the scuffle. But Barton claims self-defense and that Dabo swung first and slapped him in the face. Uh, this was actually like a real thing. So Barton ended up pleading guilty to violent conduct, got fined 125,000 pounds, banned for six games with another six suspended for two years. I don't know what that means. Given a four-month suspended prison sentence in order to complete 200 hours of community service, and this ended his Man City career. But he also, like I said, he has a long history of violent conduct. Um, his brother is serving li life in prison for uh, a racially motivated killing, according to what oh my God. producer Eric wrote here. Um, and Joey Barton has openly stated that he would be open to a, quote unquote, Jake Paul style charity fight with Dabo to settle the score. Talk about someone who like. <laughs> can't let some shit go dude really like jesus christ bro this was in 2007 and you're making a jake paul reference so this must have been pretty fucking recent that you uh are talking about you know trying to set up this fight wow you know, get a life bro yeah unbelievable some people got anger problems yeah. for joey real. barton's one of them <laughs> uh, moving on all right next up we got lee boyer lee boyer boyer i believe he was on our My one of boy, our boy. early ones he was he, he was the fishing lake i, or I recognize right? the name yeah, i think so he opened the fishing lake. <laughs> yeah. and uh kieran dyer um so this was in april of 2005 and they're playing for newcastle against aston villa mm-hmm Newcastle had a man sent off for intentional handball. So they're losing a man down, you know, yeah. energy's up and there's only 10 minutes left of the match. Lee Boyer and Kieran Dyer start punching each other in the face and have to be separated by opposing team players. Now, I've, I've seen this happen for a few of these. 
and that's embarrassing <laughs> when like the other team has to break has you to up, break yeah. you up. Um, but apparently Boyer confronted Dyer because he felt that he was intentionally not playing him the ball to which Dyer replied the reason I don't pass to you is your shit <laughs> That's pretty fucking hilarious. So there was a scuffle. Both players were given red cards and Newcastle had to finish the match with only eight players. That is insane. Um, Dyer was given a three match ban. Boyer was given a four match ban and they were and was fined six weeks wages. This shit is crazy to me because I'm looking at this highlight and I think this is Alan Shear talking to Boyer as he's like going off the pitch. And so Alan Shear was on this team. Alan Shear was also on the Blackburn team from earlier <laughs> because I th- or maybe he had just left that year, yeah. but he was like pretty present and he's coming, he's coming he's up coming as well. Up. Um, but just one more thing about this, about these two players. Uh, Boyer played one more season at Newcastle before moving to West Ham. Dyer lasted one year longer before moving to West Ham. <laughs> So they still ended up on the same team. That's pretty funny. That's yeah. pretty, I wonder if they keep It was in probably touch. like water under the bridge at yeah, that point. Yeah, I think though. so. Uh, the thing about passing to someone is always really interesting too because I noticed that there's definitely games where I've played in where like there is always, always that one person who I fuck up all of my passes to or I don't see them until second too late. And sometimes like... There are definitely games where that doesn't happen, but every so often there is a game where it just happens to be the same person over and over and over again. And I'm always like, dude, I'm so sorry. It's not that I don't want to pass to you. It's just that I'm like seeing you just too late or that I'm like playing in a terrible pass. And it's not that I don't want to pass to you. It's just that I keep fucking up. It's me, not you. Well, but I do like that he walked up to him and said, it's because of your shit. It's because of your shit. (laughs) Uh, Rounding out the midfield, Fernando Rickson versus Vladislav Radimov. Uh, this was, uh, I don't know. It says having played for Rangers since 2000, Rickson was forced out of the club in 2006 after numerous on and off the pitch incidents involving alcohol and violent conduct. These included bans for violent tackles, pushing the chairman into a swimming pool, (laughs) which is pretty funny, crashing his car while two times over the legal limit and streaking through an airplane, taking the team to preseason training after taking too many sleeping pills with alcohol. That's tough. Mm. Uh, he was loaned out to Zenit St. Petersburg, and he faced his old club Rangers in a preseason friendly two weeks later. He was booed off the pitch by the fans when he injured former teammate Chris Burke with a violent challenge when he knew Burke had a bad ankle. So he, he was already even against his old club causing problems. But several weeks later, he had a fist fight with his new club captain, Vladislav Radimov, in a match versus Rostov. Uh, a month later... They came to blows again in a preseason friendly versus Malaga during their winter break. So this wasn't there was nothing at stake. They had to be separated by teammates and restrained by the manager as they both received red cards. Rickson made 12 appearances for Holland, but would never be called up after kicking down hotel room doors in Minsk. He was out drinking all night and was desperate to find his room to collect his things and make the team bust uh, team bus, I should say. He was diagnosed. I was saying bust ups are on my head. Uh, he was diagnosed with motor neuron disease after retiring at 37 and oh. died from that disease when he was 43. Damn. But uh, seems like he made the most of what of life <laughs> it when he had it. Sounds like yeah, he lived. Um, he lived hard. 
Even like the video is called Redimov versus Crazy Dutch. <laughs> Which is just like wild, you know? Yeah, this guy yeah. is like, he's a, he's a nut though. Um, and kind of looking at him, he's kind of short, I think. <laughs> so I don't know. It's uh, Fernando Rickson, not a... Not a not a big fan of him, dude. You can't be out here fucking doing all that shit. Because like yeah. these other guys, it's like, oh well. I mean, Joey Barton, obviously bad guy, but like some of them, you're like, ah, they just got into a little scuffle. They just like got caught up. But in then the shit moment. like this, where you're like, this guy's like kicking down doors yeah, and like being yeah. crazy. He's clearly got you know some of these people have some like severe yeah rage problems. And to be fair, I don't <laughs> know what motor neuron disease is, but maybe it, it has something like- to do with. Maybe it's why he was like always maybe mad or, or maybe yeah like all the physical I don't know. Yeah. Um, the last one I'll do before you end it because I know you wanted to end it on a specific one. Um, one of our forwards is John Hartson, and uh, he's facing off against Al Berkovich. Hartson was West Ham's top goal scorer in the ninety seven ninety eight season. He scored twenty four goals, and he was West Ham's most influential player with eight goals. Oh, sorry, Berkovich was West Ham's most influential player that season, according to Eric, with eight goals and fourteen assists, most of which went to Hartson. So it was a lot of Berkovich setting up Hartson. Uh, the two had a telepathic understanding on the pitch, and more was expected of them the following season in a side that also featured a young Rio Ferdinand and Frank Lampard. September 2008 saw a training ground incident that would eventually end both of their West Ham careers. Tensions were high after a midweek loss at Northampton in the League Cup, which prompted Hartson to ask Harry Redknapp, the manager at the time, to not play Berkovich in the away matches. Berkovich overheard this and accused Hartson of not running enough. The next training session inevitably saw Hartson make a poor challenge from behind on Berkovich, another fucking bad tackle in training. Uh, tempers flared, and the Israeli, E.L. Berkovich, I assume that is, lashed out, punching the Welshman in the hip, which he responded by kicking him in the face. Oh, my God. What made things worse was that Sky Sports was invited to film the training session that day, <laughs> captured everything on video. The footage made major headlines. Hartson was fined 20K, banned for three matches. Berkovich would leave the club four months later. Uh, without his influential playmaker and unable to escape the bad press, Hartson's form suffered, and he eventually left to join Wimbledon, who got relegated, and then oh. Coventry, who also got relegated. Uh, TV cameras were banned from the West Ham training ground, uh, and Hartson claims this incident was the biggest regret in his career. Oh. Um, the video yeah. on here is nine seconds long, and it's called Hartson Sorts Berkovich Out. And... <laughs> uh, Oh, he kicked him right in the face. He kicked him right in the face. Holy shit. Because for some reason, he was he was down. And so the guy comes over to him and is like, hey, get up. And then he tries to slap him while he's on the ground. And that's the that's biggest mistake so... you can make. When you're on your knees looking up and you try to slap someone. Oh, sure. They're, they're, they're going to react. And he kicked him in the face. Holy guacamole. You got to gay. Can't begin kicked in the face. You know, All <laughs> right. shouldn't be doing the kicking either. Uh, let's close it out. Where we're going to close out our starting 11 with a, a wild one. This is uh, Alan Shearer versus Keith Gillespie. Um, I'm just going to read you the headline of yeah. this article before I get started. Just give you a little taste of what's coming. Yeah. Alan Shearer worried he would, quote, get done for manslaughter <laughs> after scrap with Keith Gillespie. So when I read that, I was like, oh, my God, what happened? Um, In 1997, during a team trip to Dublin, 
after drinking for eight hours, which we all know how that can go. Keith Gillespie drunkenly knocked over a table of plates and glasses, which irritated club captain Alan Shearer, who told him to clean it up. Uh, Taking exception to the captain's orders, understandably after drinking for eight hours, Gillespie (laughs) Gillespie told Shearer to fuck off because he didn't like the way he was talking to him. Arguments ensued, and the two decided to settle their differences outside the old-fashioned way. Gillespie knew he stood no chance, so he took a cheap shot and smacked him in the back of the head as Shearer was walking out. This enraged Shearer, and he punched Gillespie so hard that he fell back and smashed his head on the concrete, knocking himself out and needing to be hospitalized. You know, you never want to pick a fight with Alan Shearer. That dude is so <laughs> fucking giant. Like, well, the fact that he's been involved tangentially yeah. in three yeah. of these stories. Well, that also just speaks to like how different the league was <laughs> in the 90s. Like, sure. the Premier League was di- it's very different. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that was, this shit was, you know, that happened. Yeah. Nowadays, players like, like, will tweet at each other or something. Yeah. Um. So... Anyway, they had to tell the police because obviously they had to like take him to the hospital. So the police got involved. They told police that Gillespie was the victim of a hit and run driver in order to protect Shear, um, which I guess the police were then like running around Dublin for the night, like Looking trying to him. find this, you know, yeah. person that doesn't actually exist. Yeah. Um, I mean, Shear is like an iconic, like, you know, Footballer for for England, like yeah. he is like a, a lot of people would say he. I, I could I could I could get behind the idea that he is like the goat in yeah. terms of English strikers. Yeah, he's he's a fucking beast. Um, so of course they were gonna fucking protect him. You know they were. Like, yeah, yeah, know. they were like we have to, and he was the captain. Like yeah. they needed to. He was the English captain, I think. Like yeah, he's captain the, of the national team. Right, and right, right. I, so he's, I'm assuming he was captain of Newcastle or whoever that was yeah. at the time. But um, you know, all in good fun because. A couple of hours later, they rekindled their friendship and just laughed the whole situation off. That's so hilarious. They just chalked it up to eight hours of drinking in Dublin, I guess. Yeah, and see, that's the craziest thing is like, I don't know, do do clubs still do that? Like the, probably not. Probably the bigger not. clubs don't. I bet you like, you know, whatever, maybe like smaller clubs do it or yeah. like, you know, even bigger clubs in less developed countries or whatever, like maybe, I don't know, like a Polish club or some shit might go drinking yeah i mean that just that's like obviously a recipe for disaster you're drinking for eight hours like nothing good is ever gonna come of that so i'm just glad that it all ended well and like he wasn't hurt too bad and they they're friends and it was all fine yeah um i'll tell you what i thought that we were gonna get through this one quick and uh we we still had a long episode again you're always you're always right we never do um let's get to next week's picks real quick we'll we'll just fly through them all right Uh, nycfc are hosting new england I got NYFCFC. NYC, NYCFC. NYCFC. You can, that's the one you can never get. Um, I can't. I got the Revs. I know that they've been having like a rough patch for a second, but uh, I don't believe in NYCFC. Eric, yeah, you're probably right. Eric picked uh, New York. Yep. Uh, Seattle are hosting Portland. I went with Seattle this time. Yeah, so did Eric. It's probably the smart pick, but yeah. I went with Portland. Cincinnati are hosting Chicago. I got Cincy. This I think it's Cincy, Cincy across the board. This is Cincy across the board. Yeah. They're they're just playing really well, especially at home, I think. Uh, Columbus are hosting Charlotte. I got Columbus. I got Columbus as well. Eric picked a draw. Mm. Um, 
I think Columbus are a good team, especially at home. Um, Miami. Okay, now see, I are, made this pick before the news I, I, dropped. I don't know. I mean, you might be onto something. I still picked. I'll still. I'll stick with it. Yeah, but. Miami are hosting DC United. Yeah. And there's a, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of inspiration from not from having like a change of sure. pace there sure. and like you. I'll just stick play with a little it, freer. You know? I think it's a smart pick. I'm not going to change all mine. We all differed. I'm going to keep a draw. And Eric said DC. Mm-hmm. New York Red Bulls hosting Orlando. Listen, I, I believe in the Red Bulls. So does, Eric and I so got them. So does em. Eric. You guys are both Red Bull aligned. I picked a draw. Philly hosting Montreal. We all got Philly on that one. We all went Philly. Eric made this his uh, his his big pick. He said mm-hmm. two to one to Philly. Two to one. Uh, we'll see if it comes true. Uh, Austin hosting RSL. I said a draw 1-1. One, one. Um, this is your uh, score pick? This is pick. my score pick of the week. Yeah. For me, I said RSL will take that one. Eric said Austin, so we're all differing. Dallas hosting Nashville. I got Dallas. I got a draw there. Um, I think that Nashville are actually the better team. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know why I picked Dallas. But Dallas <laughs> have the home field advantage. Uh, Eric said Nashville. Uh, Minnesota hosting Toronto. I got mini. It, it's so hard to pick Toronto right now because they're like in, in shambles. shambles. So I picked Minnesota yeah. as well. Um, Eric picked a draw, which kind of seems like like a good move. Uh, St. Louis hosting Houston. I think we got St. Louis across the board. St. Louis across the board. Sorry, Houston. Colorado hosting San Jose. I got the Rapids. I took a draw in that mm, one. Interesting. Um, I think Kansas City have been... Or sorry, not Kansas City. San Jose are are due to yeah, get I back like on track scoring wise. I was um, thinking a uh, you know elevation, the altitude, and all that, and it's hot now. Um, so. I I tipped I tipped my hat or I tipped my cards to my next one. Vancouver hosting Sporting Kansas City. I said Kansas City three to one. Ooh, they have been on a tear lately. They, they score they they're scoring goals again. I got this is Kansas, the Kansas City. City. We thought we they, were getting. I think at the beginning of the year. Yeah, I think just a quick aside. I think I read something that they've now scored thirteen. They're like in the top of the Western Conference now. So yeah, they're like they, they're, back. they're back. They're back, baby. Uh, Eric picked Vancouver. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, what are you most excited for next week? You know, I'm excited for the Concacaf Champions League final. Me too. I'm excited to Me too. give it a watch and see what happens. I'm so stoked. We got to go watch it. It's it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, there will be drama. There will be a red card. I'm I sure. Live in for it. the drama. I think there will be some cards in it. I think it'll yeah. be it'll get spicy. Yeah. Uh, Eric is most excited for the Manchester Derby FA Cup final. I guess City are playing United in the FA Cup final. Um, I hate watching Manchester City. They're just too good. Yeah. It's not interesting to me to watch them. Um, all right. Plugs. Where can the people find us? What are you most excited about? Concaf Champions League. Oh, same. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, that's, cool. Uh, that's my number one thing. Cool, cool, cool. All right. You can find us on Twitter at Calling Casuals. Send us an email. Fill up our inbox. We yeah, are dude. calling all casuals at gmail.com. And we just need about 200 more followers on TikTok to give you that much anticipated content. I know We're people on, want that fucking video it's, content. It's going to be fucking great. Be It'll sick. be worth the wait. We are on TikTok at Calling All Casuals. That's right. Um, All right. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Producer Eric, for all your hard work writing the show. Amy, thank you for being here as well. thank you. And uh, remember, most importantly, keep it casual.
Shishkin Productions podcast.